Give me a break. Who am I dealing with here, Mother Teresa? You want to play the game, learn to play it right. Oh, is that what you call it? A game? You're damn right. The best game in the world. I'll teach you. It's easy. You make as much as you can for as long as you can. And then what? And then what? Whoever has the most when he dies wins. Look, it's the American way. I'm doing my job. I'm a capitalist. I'm simply following the law of free enterprise. What law is that? Survival of the fittest. Maybe some people don't see it that way. Maybe they don't see it as survival of the fittest. Maybe they see it as survival of the fattest. Oh, Katie, why are you so hard on me? Because you're not nice. Since when do you have to be nice to be right? You're not right. You're what's happening. One day we'll smarten up and pass some laws and put you out of business. They can pass all the laws they want. All they can do is change the rules. They can never stop the game. I don't go away. I adapt. She said, I seen you in here before. I said, I've been here a time or two. She said, hello, my name is Bobby Joe. Meet my twin sister, Betty Lou. And we're both feeling kind of wild tonight. You're the only cowboy in this place. And if you're up for a rodeo, I'll put a big Texas smile on your face. I said, girls, I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now But there was a time back in my prime When I could really lay it down And if you need some love tonight Then I might have just enough I ain't as good as I once was But I'm as good once as I ever was Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the movie uh, Other People's Money. I think that was 1989. Uh, you know, talking about talking about how the game works, how the how the free enterprise system works, how the capital the the free market capitalist system works, and how the you know, hey, you could change the laws. You can you can you can never stop the game. You can only just change the rules. You know, everybody adapts. This is the this is the thing that that I think America needs to understand. I think that Democrats need to understand. I think that the Biden administration needs to understand. Things are going to happen. People are going to survive. No matter what he does to change to try and change America, America is going to adapt. Doesn't mean that it's just all going to be okay. It just means that people are going to protect their own. People are going to do what they need to do to eat. People are going to do what they need to do to survive. And if that means that the it becomes civil war, or that means it becomes a uh, uh, state seceding from the union, you know, whatever it takes. When the when the governors of all the states realize that hey, they control their states and they can kick the federal government out, um, that's when secession happens. And as as Biden. Uh, keeps allowing allowing the borders to to not exist to our country, and it becomes and it becomes uh, 
intrusive on the people that live in those states. And then he starts shipping those people out of those states to other states and it becomes intrusive on them. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time that when you uh, cut off the energy production in this country and we have to beg, uh, beg OPEC to uh, increase their production so the price of gas comes down so that we can afford because, you know, you know, even if even if you drive an electric car, all those all those products that you buy at the store are shipped on uh, on out of trucks that use gas, and that just increases the price of everything. When that happens, people aren't going to adapt. You know, at some point, at some point, and Charlie Kirk brought this up at the town hall a couple of weeks ago. You know what? Uh, the state of Montana just needs to say, "Hey, forget it. We're doing the XL pipeline." The Keystone XL pipeline comes in from Canada into Montana and employs about 11,000 people in the state of Montana. And then it goes into North Dakota and then down through South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And when all those states start to finally get, say, hey, forget it, we're opening it back up, we're opening this project back up, and we don't really care what the, what the federal government says, um, you know, that's when things will start changing. And it's, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. I open up uh, that song was called uh, I Ain't As Good As I Once Was, Toby Keith. You know, I, I used that song today because uh, between this week and next week, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as I'm recording, I've got like three days left uh, in my 50s, and I will turn uh, the grand old age of 60 on Tuesday. It's a sad time. It's a sad time in my life. You know, I'm uh, I'm entering the old the old guys. You know, if you're coming out to the book signing on Saturday, uh, you're you're gonna say this guy's sixty. He doesn't look like a day over seventy nine. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's just a sad thing. You know, God's got a got a crappy sense of humor the way he makes uh, makes things work for us. And uh, you know, you get old and it, you know you start to realize, hey, I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. And think about uh, a story in my book, Experience Matters. I talk about my arm wrestling career and uh, how it started uh, on top of a Pac machine, Pac-Man machine in the bars back in the uh, back in the 80s. You know, back before I actually turned 21, but I looked like I was 22. And uh, going into bars, and uh, you know, the 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 cheapest way to to drink is to just get someone else to buy you pitchers of beer. So we'd uh, we'd hustle up some uh, hustle up some uh, some arm wrestling things to some drunk people shooting pool, and uh, me and my friends. And then uh, once once uh, we start having it for fun, and then we start putting a a pitcher of beer on the line. Whoever whoever loses buys a pitcher, and uh, next thing you know, we're drinking the rest of the night for free. So uh, you know how 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 that evolved into a career in arm wrestling. Uh, well, I don't know if you call it a career. It wasn't like I made a lot of money in it. Uh, I did, I did win some, uh, uh, six world championships as an amateur. And then I got a lot of butt kickings and, uh, and, uh, uh, experience in, uh, in the pros won a few hundred bucks here and there, but, uh, interesting stories that you'll find if you pick up my book experience matters. Here's mine. If you can't come out to the book signing this weekend, Saturday at, uh, at, uh, bullseye sports, 6710 Brockton, uh, from 11 to one on Saturday. Um, if you're, uh, if you can't make that go to edhoffman.net and, uh, order that book. Uh, so far, everybody that's got it said it's, it's really fun reading and very interesting and very, uh, enlightening. But anyway, 
I get off on the on the Experience Matters book. Let's talk about what's going on. Let's do the main event. And for those of you who don't know me, let me first introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'm with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, you want to talk to the best of the best, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone, you'd want to do it the cyber way, the 2021 way, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page, and you can put in what information you want back, and uh, you'll hear back from, uh, and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you uh, hear any part of the show you want repeated, also on edhoffman.net, you can get the podcast. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can uh, listen on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, iTunes uh, Apple Podcast, where you can uh, have it. Uh, you can subscribe for free and have it download once a week. We upload it on. I record Friday mornings. We upload it Friday afternoon and sometime Friday evening. It'll download onto your uh, your phone or your computer or whatever device you listen to podcasts on. I'm sure the uh, device list keeps growing uh, daily. Um, uh, like the show on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman. Everywhere else, I'm at Big Ed Hoffman. And if you have comments on the show, email me to ed at edhoffman.net and uh, give me your uh, give me your two your two cents on it. Also, you know, if you if you read the book, I'm interested in in your feedback on it. Um, I don't know where you rate the books. If you buy on Amazon, you can rate it on Amazon. But if uh, if you just want to uh, put the post up there, I'm not sure. Do you do that on Yelp or? But anyway, shoot me emails. I'm interested in uh, in your comments. So let's talk about what's going on in this country. Let's talk about the big thing that everyone's talking about: the massive camp of Haitian migrants who came here from South America remains under the Del Rio Bridge in Texas. Let me think. Haiti people came in from South America. How did they get over there? I don't think there's a walking bridge to get over there. Somehow they got there. So it, was, it peaked at 15,000 people last weekend, hovering between eight and 10,000 people at the beginning of the week, and now sitting around 4,000, not because the rest were deported, but because most of them are being released into the United States. If it wasn't for Fox News reporting on this, most Americans wouldn't even be aware of it. Here's Bill Malusion at the beginning of the week. It's hard to believe that this camp over my shoulder is actually in the United States. It's more reminiscent of somewhere from the third world. Still about 8,600 people living in here. Look at the conditions. You can see many of them have pulled plants, sticks, whatever they can find to create some sort of structure here. Law enforcement sources saying as of earlier this morning, there were at least 332 women in this camp who are pregnant. Many of these migrants just sitting, waiting, and hoping that they'll have a chance to be released into the United States. But we want to show you why this camp got so big in the first place. It swelled to 15,000 Saturday morning. Here's why. Hundreds of migrants at a time just streaming in from Ciudad Acuna, walking across the river, and just illegally entering the United States without any resistance from our federal government whatsoever. They crowded on the shore in huge masses. We watched it for five, six hours straight. Thousands coming in. We were at Del Rio uh, International Airport earlier this afternoon. We saw a Coast Guard Air 
aircraft being loaded up with illegal immigrants. A Border Patrol bus pulled up. Dozens of them were taken out. It was single men, women, family units, children. Some of the men appeared to be handcuffed. But what you're looking at is not a deportation flight. What we were told by people on the ground there is this flight will go elsewhere. It's taking them to other Border Patrol processing centers. And some of the single men will be sent back to Haiti. Others will just be released into the country with an NTA. It's already happening. I've got friends at Del Rio Airport who have been sending me pictures. Haitians are on their flights already. Yeah, here's a couple of things I pick out from that uh, clip. Uh, number one, you hear say, hey, you look at this camp. People are using plants, sticks, anything they can do to uh, to make uh, some sort of shelter. It's kind of like birds, you know. Birds come in, you know, their 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 nest gets blown away by the wind or or the rain. It gets washed out from somewhere, and all of a sudden they're finding little sticks and little pieces of uh, cloth and little pieces of uh, lint, dog hair, and they make another nest somewhere. Because that's how the world works. People adapt. Birds adapt. Animals adapt. And then all these all these buses, they're going they're going somewhere, and they're, there's planes. They're not going back to Haiti. They're going to other places, and then they're going to be released. And what about those people? What about those people that are being released? We'll talk about it in a couple more uh, in a couple more clips down the road. We're going to talk about what kind of people they're releasing. Meanwhile, an additional twenty thousand Haitian migrants are reportedly standing by somewhere in Chile waiting to be transported here. But don't worry, America, because Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is lying through his teeth by telling them they'll be sent back. That Haitians who are taking this irregular migration path are receiving false information that the border is open or that temporary protected status is available. I want to make sure that it is known that this is not the way to come to the United States. That is false information. If you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed, and you will be endangering your life and your family's lives. Yeah, well, all evidence to the contrary, as uh, these thousands and thousands, I guess I, I guess there's over probably a million new people in the in the United States, and we don't know where all that where they're all going to. I'm sure some of them are are in our neighborhoods. And I'm sure we're going to find out the hard way what kind of people these are. On Tuesday, Mayorkas testified to the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. One of the Republicans who pressed Mayorkas hard was Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. You've repeatedly stated that our borders are not open. They're closed. Do you honestly believe that our borders are closed? Um, Senator, uh, I do. How many people have been returned? How many people are being detained? How many people have been dispersed to all points around America? Uh, Senator, I would be pleased to provide you with that data. I want them now. Uh, Why don't you have that information now? Uh, Senator, I do not have that data. Why not? Army. Why don't you have that basic information? Because he doesn't want to give that information in front of the cameras. And, you know, it's, you know people, hey, well, you know, it's always, it's always inconvenient to say, well, I don't really have that in front of me. So, uh, you know what? I think about a, a movie called The Rainmaker. You know, hey, I don't have that data in front of me. Well, here, I got it for you. Can you just read this information out of your documents? <clears throat> so once again, P, uh, Fox is Peter Ducey. And let's talk about Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey is, is making a big name for himself as a journalist. As an actual journalist on Fox, you know, his dad, Steve Ducey, is kind of a Steve Doofus um, on uh, Fox and Friends. But young Peter is actually 
Grown up to be a man, once again, he asked Jen Psaki why Haitian migrants are the only people in America right now who aren't required to get vaccinated. And Saki's dishonest answer was downright comical. If somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. No, they're not staying here for a lengthy period of time. Just the rest of their lives. They're not going back. You know, that's that's. That's basically the, that's basically the whole uh, definition of refugees. So hey, these people are are going to try and get in on uh, legally as refugees. They're not staying here a long time. Well, they're not staying right there at the border for a long time. They're going to come in and and disrupt our whole way of life. So how did all this happen? On Wednesday, Ted Cruz explained it on the Ingram Angle. To really understand it, you have to go back to September eighth. Uh, on September 8th, on, under that bridge, there were, on any given day, between 700 and 1,000 illegal immigrants, mostly from Haiti. Uh, and that had been the consistent flow for some time, is between 700 and 1,000 a day were crossing illegally at that point. Uh, so on September 8th, there were roughly 900 Haitians that were scheduled to be on airplanes to go back to Haiti. And the Biden administration canceled those flights. They said, we're not going to deport you. You can stay here. You can remain in America. And what happened was simple. Those, those 900 Haitians, they, they, they pulled out their phones. And they got their phones and they called uh, their, their families, they called their friends, they texted their family and friends. You had 700 people on September 8th. I was down in Del Rio eight days later on September 16th. The day I was there, 700 people had become 10,503. It took eight days for that to happen. Within a couple of days, that 10,000 had become 15,000, and it was straight cause and effect. The word went out that the Biden administration is not going to enforce the law, and if you're from Haiti, come to Del Rio because that means you get to stay, and, and that's what's produced this disaster. Yeah, you can, uh, you can say whatever you want on TV. You can uh, put out as many posts as you want on social media, but the fact is, the facts, and reality reality just just takes over and you can you can try to spin everything you want but when all these refugees who are poor and don't have any means but they uh, they're paying these cartels to get them over the border to get them to the border so they can walk across on the dam or they can just uh, 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 float across the Rio Grande or just walk across some places where the uh, where the fence is open. These people are 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 somehow coming up with the the money to to get here, and then when uh, when the word gets out that they're not sending people back, they just open up their iPhones. They have iPhones. They must have money to pay the the service on them, and they call their friends in Haiti and say, "Get over here! It's the gates are open. Come on over." That's reality, folks. So you know, for those of you guys that don't pay attention. And for those of you guys that do pay attention and listen to my show every week, and then that's the end of it, you never say anything. You know, Sebastian Gorka said at the town hall when he's when he's doing a when he's having people wanting to do selfies with him, he goes, "Hey, make sure and, and tag me when you post it on social media." Oh, we can't put this on social media. My friends will find out that I'm hanging out with Sebastian Gorka. 
I can't tell him that. Why? You guys hear you guys hear common sense on the main event. You hear it, you hear it on other things from other sources. And if you don't talk about that, the the idiots in this country will never be educated. Because CNN and PMS, NBC, and all the internet stuff and fake book and uh, and uh, Twitter, they're all they're all taking the truth out of that to make sure our kids and our and our coworkers and all that stuff that don't pay attention that much that think it's just depressing they don't pay attention and they, all they see is the lies. So you guys got to open your mouths. You got to be bold and get out there. So uh, meanwhile, the same president who caused this disaster is uh, by telling the world that he would immediately surge migrants to the border. Now he claims he'll get this all under control. Wait, you're getting it under control or you have it under control? We're getting it under control, which means to say it's out of control now. We can see it. But if you listen to their to their BS spin, uh, that's not what they're saying. So maybe 1,400 Haitians have been flown back to their country while the rest are being released into American, American communities and given an NTR, notice to report. Um, I think they said uh, NTA on uh, Bill Malusian mentioned NTA notice to appear. That's kind of what you get when you uh, sign your traffic ticket, uh, which is just a request that they report to an ICE office within 60 days. Yeah, sure. That's the ticket. Yeah, I'll call an ICE office as soon as I get settled down in uh, some nice someone else's nice, uh, nice house that's vacant. I'm going to settle down and I'll sure and call the ICE office, let them know where I'm at. By Thursday, the camp populated uh, camp population dropped to about 4,000. Here's Bill, Bill Malusian explaining why. The camp is still fairly large, but you can see parts of it are finally starting to be cleared out because the feds want to get the, 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 the optics of this gone, so they're trying to clear it as fast as possible. Earlier today, we went to an NGO, a non-government organization, where we saw busloads of Haitian migrants just being released after they were processed by Border Patrol. That NGO gave them some food, some supplies, and then they were on their way. They could go on a bus to anywhere else in the country, or local journalists here reporting that there are Haitians on airplanes flying out of Del Rio airport, some of them taking selfies. One journalist telling me she talked to some of the families on the plane. Uh, Some are going to Maryland, some are going to Florida, some are going to New York. One woman just gave birth to a baby here under the bridge six days ago. Um, So you're seeing it. You heard DHS Secretary Mayorkas say the other day that uh, these migrants are going to be expelled. Don't come here. Your journey is not going to succeed. You will be sent back. That's not entirely true because these migrants are being released by the thousands. They are letting go of pretty much all family groups and family units. Well, a family group is a couple where the woman claims to be pregnant. A family unit is a couple who has a young child with them. All women who claim to be pregnant are being released, though they are not being pregnancy tested unless they give their permission. So, yeah, coming soon to a neighborhood near you, Haitian people that just came across the came across the border and we don't know who they are, where they came from or what they're about. So Jen Psaki's on a roll this week with this snide remark when Peter Ducey asked about the fact that no one has to prove they're pregnant in order to get released. Nobody actually has to take a pregnancy test unless they want to. So are you suggesting you don't believe when women say they're pregnant? Is that a big issue we think at the border? I am not in charge of keeping the border secured. Do you, you think guys are. pregnant women are posing a big threat to the border? You tell me. To the border communities? You is that a big me. issue? 
You tell me. I'm not aware of pregnant women being a big issue of concern to people at the border. Yeah, well, except for the they come in with their family groups, their family groups. Sure, I'm pregnant. Well, you don't look pregnant. Your your uh, waist is about 18 inches around. Uh, you don't look pregnant. Uh, yeah, but I am. And this is the father. And this is uh, and this is the uncle. And this is the aunt. We got to take our family group. That means someone who says they're pregnant. We got to come in. We don't get kicked out. So what do you think? What do you think the bad guys uh, do when they want to uh, when they want to get across when hey those single guys some of them will be sent back well just get with one of the single women and say that we're pregnant we're a happy family and then as soon as you get off the bus in that other city you're free all right see ya thanks lady here's a coke all right all good hey I'm all out of time apart uh, for part one of the main event stay tuned for five minutes of traffic weather sports and commercials and we'll be right back with lots lots more I used to be hell on wheels Back when I was a younger man Now my body says that you can't do this, boy But my pride says, oh yes, you can I ain't as good as I once was That's just a cold, hard truth (laughs) I still throw a few back Talk a little smack when I'm feeling bulletproof. So don't double dog dare me now. Cause I'd have to call your bluff. I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. And welcome back to the main event, part two today. No, I ain't as good as I once was. Well, I still am today, but. Tuesday, Tuesday, I cross over into the 60s. So uh, I guess that makes me an old guy. Uh, For those of you that that are just joining in, I'm Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, um, but I do a lot in my book. Uh, uh, Here's uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine, which you can get on edhoffman.net, or you can come out to the book signing today at Bullseye Sports, 6710 Brockton Avenue in Riverside from 11 to 1 today. but you know, if you wanna if you wanna get some uh, intelligent advice about uh, uh, buying or refinancing or reverse mortgages or anything that has to do with real estate financing, and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and uh, we'll do the cyber thing. So uh, in the first half, we've been talking about the. Uh, the uh, dumpster fire down in Del Rio, Texas, which is the uh, Haitian migrants coming over and uh, what our country's doing with it. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, it's funny how how this is happening in the first half. We were talking about the dumpster fire down in Del Rio, Texas, and the Haitians coming over and went from uh, 900 people to uh, 700 people to 10,000 to 15,000. Now it's down to 4,000. Most of them aren't going back to Haiti. Most of them are coming to a neighborhood near you. And in this case, if the reason still isn't clear, if you're not sure exactly why the government is, is allowing this to happen, all you have to do is listen to how Democrats are talking this week to understand this is about remaking America. We owe Haitians the uh, the, the right thing of allowing them um, to, to seek asylum here. Right now, I'm told there are four flights scheduled to deport these asylum seekers back to a country that cannot receive them. 
such a decision defies common sense. It also defies common decency. So I urge President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas to immediately put a stop to these expulsions. Yeah, we're uh, we're being lectured about how what we owe, what we owe the Haitians, what we owe to people about ref, to be uh, for, to, that are seeking asylum. We owe what we owe to them. We're being lectured by Elon Omar, Elon Omar, who came across uh, illegally. Elon Omar, whose real name is Elon Nur Syed Elmi, and uh, that she came over as an Omar because uh, the uh, lottery, the uh, the lottery migration thing, where you you pick a pick a name out of a hat that of people that have been trying to get in, and then you let them bring in their whole chain of 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 relatives. Well, we're going to let you uh, come over here from Somalia, and we're going to let you come in, and we're going to let you bring over your relatives, and uh, well. You know, the newer Syed Elmi's uh, didn't uh, didn't uh, weren't on that list, but uh, they paid the the Omar family to to let them lie and say their names were Omar. And she came in here with her uh, with her, uh, I think her her dad and her brother or two brothers, and uh, and then one of them didn't get didn't get on. One of her brothers didn't get on, didn't get uh, included in that. He went to he went to England. And uh, then uh, Elon Omar married him to get him into the United States. This lady's a member of our Congress. This lady's lecturing us on what we owe to the Haitians. That's about as uh, as logical as uh, letting uh, Christopher Dodd and Barney Frank uh, tell us how to fix our financial system after it melted down based on the stuff that they did to create the subprime crisis. Oh yeah, that story's in uh, that story's in uh, uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine as well. Uh, so anyway, I'm I keep throwing in those little uh, those little subtle uh, marketing pieces there so let's talk about uh the the next red herring so we don't want we don't want america paying attention to to all the idiotic things that biden did to uh, create this crisis so we're gonna we're gonna change it over to to how the border police are are uh, abusing migrants so hence the the whip hoax so since liberals don't want to say it's a crisis when the population is forcing its way into the country we have to invent a different crisis to distract people. That flat-out lie that our border patrol agents are abusing migrants with whips. So by now you've all seen the pictures. The agents on horseback are using their split reins to keep their horses from trampling migrants who weren't listening to their instructions. I guess that's how, you know, I'm not a horse guy, but uh, I guess that's how you control horses is you got that little whip thing you that you, you, you tap them with and keep them uh, steered and, and stopped and... And control them. It's not as easy as just saying, as just putting it in uh, automatic drive in your Tesla and saying, "Hey, don't bump into people." That didn't stop the media from starting starting the lie, and plenty of Democrats were happy to continue with it, like Chuck Schumer and Maxine Waters. Images of Haitian migrants being hit with whips and other forms of physical violence is completely unacceptable. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years what we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery cowboys with their reins again whipping black people yeah that's what i saw i watched i watched the video you know they're they're swinging their little thing and hitting their uh hitting their horses on the 
on the hips when they need to. And, uh, you know, they're trying to keep the horses from trampling these, uh, these migrants when they, uh, when they get too close. And so they're trying to control the horses. I, th- I see that as being humane to these people. Uh, so that's the lie. Here's the truth from Brandon Judge of the Border Patrol Council. Not one of those Haitian migrants was hit with one of the reins. Um, we use those reins to keep uh, the, the people away from the horses, to protect those people. Those horses have stepped on people. They've kicked people before. They can injure people. You have to keep them away. And at the same time, you have to control the scene. We have a responsibility to everybody to control that scene so it stays put. Those individuals were not listening to simple commands by law enforcement officers, so they had to do what was necessary to put them back in in the situation to where they could be under control but in no way did we ever hit any one of those individuals yeah it's uh, it seems so logical you if you actually look at the video and you listen to brandon judd that's exactly what i see but you know the democrats don't don't care about that they don't care about the truth they only care about the lie because they want to they want to keep the narrative they want to keep you from realizing what a what a fiasco is going on in our country so they got to keep uh pointing at you know look at look at how our law enforcement our border patrol is abusing people look at the outrage there don't look at how we're uh, opening the borders don't look at it, the price of the gas at the pump don't look at everything that's going on in this country and how it's uh how our country is everything that was good about it is uh is falling apart in the last eight months uh then friday morning since facts don't matter Here's our uh, our horse's butt in in chief uh, pushing forward the same lie. It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. Thank you. Yeah, it is an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment, Joe Biden. It's embarrassing. You know, when I've traveled to other countries, or when, you know, I used to, I used to be, hey, when I would go to uh, events in different states, and they say, hey, where are you from? I'm from California. And you say it kind of proud. You know, I'm part of the mighty California. And when you go into other countries, where are you from? I'm from the United States. You say it proudly. They're laughing at us, folks. They're laughing. People in other states, people in other states, you know, luckily uh, Don and I bought our house in Montana. And uh, the truck, the truck that we drive up there when we go up there has a has Arizona plates on it. Because everybody's telling me when I mention that we're actually from California, they keep that on the down low. People don't like you if you're from California. People in Montana don't want California people up there. And we're all going up there because we're trying to get out of California. Because there's a, there's a, there's a red-blooded patriotic American in a, in, inside the Californians, a lot of us Californians, and we just don't want to be associated with what California is becoming. So who's the embarrassment? It's embarrassing, yeah. Biden's embarrassing. And uh, there there are a lot there are the stories of migrants getting violent. One bus full of Haitians overtook the driver when they learned that they were being taken to the airport for deportation. And Brandon Judge said this happened with a second group after they'd been flown back to Haiti on Tuesday. This story about a transport bus 
that was moving some of the Haitians to a different location. Is that true that the driver was basically overwhelmed? The people just took over the bus and jumped off and what happened here? Yeah, that is absolutely true. When they found when they found out that there was a potential that they were going to go back to Haiti, um, they got up and they started taking over the bus. They fled from the bus. But it's not just that, Laura. There's now a report coming out that a, a plane flight to Port-au-Prince today, when they landed, the Haitians on the bus assaulted three of the ICE agents, and every single one of them were injured and had to be taken to the hospital. So, so when these people find out that they're not going to get exactly what they want, they become very violent. And we're, we've seen that over and over again. Okay, are these the kind of people we want in this country? Hey, they're super nice. Hey, I'm just happy to be in America. Hey, we made it. And then as soon as they say, hey, wait, by the way, we have laws here. We have rules here. And uh, you didn't come in right. We're taking you back. Oh, all of a sudden they get violent. They're not violent with, they're not just pushing people around in line at the line at the, at the, to get into the movies or, or to a concert. They're getting violent with border patrol guys. You know, these guys have bulletproof vests and guns and mace and uh, tasers on them. And they're going after them. What kind of people do that? Not Americans. This is the problem bringing in from other people from other countries. We were born here. We understand the culture. We understand respect to authority. We understand the cops are there to protect us. We understand when we do something wrong, the cops' job is to is to give us a ticket or to arrest us. And you know when you're doing something against the law. You know, I get pulled over for uh for looking at my phone while I'm driving. You know, the cop goes, Hey. Uh, you're looking at your, I said, what I do wrong? He goes, looking at your phone. Didn't you see me? You drove right past me. I said, no, nah, I was looking at my phone. <clears throat> so, you know, Hey, I know I got busted doing that. I paid the ticket. I didn't, I didn't, uh, get in his face and do all that stuff. Um, and that, Hey, you know that you don't rob banks. You know that you don't, uh, you don't assault people. You know, you know, this is, we're brought up in this culture. We're bringing people from all these other con- cultures that we owe them. We owe them the right to be to to uh, declare asylum in this country. We don't owe anybody anything. We owe our citizens a right to uh, to to uh, uh, to live in a in a country that's peaceful and safe. So let's go on to the United Nations. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. Uh, Joe Biden made his first speech to the UN General Assembly. It was uh, everything we knew it would be. Boring, insincere, totally lacking in substance and focus on all the wrong things like climate change. As a global community, we're challenged by urgent and looming crises wherein lie enormous opportunities if, if we can summon the will and resolve to seize these opportunities. Will we meet the threat of challenging climate or will we suffer the merciless march of ever worsening droughts and floods, more intense fires and hurricanes? Longer heat waves and rising seas. Yeah, he, these are the people of the. Uh, this is the. This is the supposed leader of the free world addressing the other leaders of the free world, and he's. And these are the issues that are upon us right now that need to be discussed. Kind of reminds me of a of another scene from Other People's Money. I got a company to run. Yeah, well, that's my point. I don't like the way my company's being run, and you better get your elevator fixed. 
There's a damn fire raging here, and this whole industry's up in flames. And you call the fire department, and who shows up? Nobody. Because they're all in Japan, and Singapore, and Malaysia, and Taiwan, and every other hole where they're crazy about pollution. And while that inferno is raging, you're out in front, mowing the lawn, tidying up, playing with your putts on my money. Remember, this is what these guys are doing. They're playing with their putzes on our money. You know how these guys get paid? Taxes. You know who, where those taxes come from? They don't come from uh, out of the sky. They come from our paychecks. I looked at I looked at my pay stuff. Well, I'm not going to talk about not going to talk about that. Uh, I thought I'd bring it up when I was uh, when I was encountering uh, Ken Calvert to ask him why they're why the Republicans aren't doing anything for us. But I don't just because I have it fresh in my mind. I don't need to tell you guys how much money I pay in taxes. But anyway, so Biden said nothing about China polluting the world or creating COVID. Nothing about migrants flooding into our country. He did he did say some less than inspiring things about ending the war and some meaningless dribble about work working with other nations. Instead of continuing to fight the wars of the past, we are fixing our eyes on devoting our resources to the challenges that hold the keys to our collective future. We've ended 20 years of conflict in Afghanistan. And as we close this period of relentless war, we're opening a new era of relentless diplomacy. Relentless diplomacy, is that what it is? Like uh, droning, uh, us taking our drones and uh, shooting an aid worker and all his kids? Like leaving our, is that like leaving our citizens and allies behind uh, to die? And, you know, leaving with the Taliban with a, a list of people to kill, the people that were our friends? Um, is that like uh, uh, having to beg the Taliban to, to let, our, let our citizens go, uh, to let them come out of Afghanistan? Is that like uh, stopping our own energy production? And having to beg OPEC to uh, increase production so that we don't have to pay five dollars dollars a gallon for gas. Our prices are getting too high because I shut everything down. Come on, man! Can't you just increase production so it's not so expensive? That's called relentless diplomacy. Let's compare this to our pre our previous president. Uh, when he spoke in front of the U.N. just a year ago. For decades, the same tired voices proposed the same failed solutions, pursuing global ambitions at the expense of their own people. But only when you take care of your own citizens will you find a true basis for cooperation. As president, I have rejected the failed approaches of the past, and I am proudly putting America first, just as you should be putting your countries first. What's wrong with that? Hey, I'm the president of the United States. I'm here to protect our best interest. You guys should be looking for out for your best interest, and together we'll find ways to negotiate to where things that are good for both of us. Even the mainstream media allies like uh, NBC's Chuck Todd are turning on Biden now. He's got a lot of work to do. The U.N. speech, look, he's got some credibility issues on the world stage. Uh, are to see, make sure that people still view uh, America as a, not just a stable democracy, but a competent uh, leader of the free world right now. I think he's got a, a, a pretty big uh, credibility crisis on his hands because all of these problems in some ways showed up after he said something basically the exact opposite. This is big, folks. This is one of uh, the biggest cheerleaders of, 
of how Biden was going to bring a, bring America back from the cuckoo's nest, the Trump years. You know how insane everything was because Trump was tweeting and he was uh, talking about us winning all the time. And, you know, he was uh, talking about how good our economy was and how we're uh, a net uh, exporter of of energy and how the borders were, were secure and the wall was going up and everything was under control. Biden had to bring us back from that idiocy. And now they're coming out of the ether. So uh, remember back in June when Joe Biden didn't want to take any reporters' questions while he stood next to Vladimir Putin? And that meant Putin had, Putin had an open mic to say whatever he wanted. That was a boneheaded move, and apparently Biden's press team hasn't learned from it yet. During Biden's meeting with the, with the uh, Prime Minister of England, Boris Johnson, this week, uh, the White House press team literally cut Johnson off mid-sentence and started ushering reporters out. Not a single American reporter was able to ask Biden a question. I have no idea. I <laughs> hope the microphone got it. British reporters get questions. We don't get any. Yeah, everybody's trying to get their uh, comments on the on the mic. Couldn't understand most of anything of it. But if you saw it when the reporters when they went on there and uh, Boris Johnson says, "Well, we have we can take a few questions," and then somebody asks a question and and Biden points at points at Boris Johnson says, "Ask him the question." That's a leader. Are you paying attention to what's happening here, folks? Can you understand? You got to come out of the ether. Hey, let me finish off the let me finish off the show with a with a uh, video that somebody sent me. Um, this guy's name is uh, Damani Bryant Felder, and his video that he put out is just called "Just." Just. It's just a small outbreak. It's just spreading to a few countries. It's just a short shutdown. It's just 15 days to slow the spread. It's just social distancing. It's just six feet apart. It's just a temporary furlough. It's just working from home. It's just a few layoffs. It's just the non-essential. It's just temporarily closing your small business. It's just closing your restaurants. It's just closing your movie theater. It's just closing down your bar. It's just closing down your gym. It's just closing down your church. It's just no more concerts for a while. It's just cashless payments. It's just a few minor inconveniences. It's just to protect yourself. It's just to protect others. It's just to protect the elderly. It's just to protect young children. It's just so you can do your part. It's just because we're all in this together. It's just online learning for a semester. It's just online learning for two semesters. It's just mandatory so kids can go back to school. It's just virtual graduations. It's just not traveling for a while. It's just no more hugging for a bit. It's just no more singing in church. It's just one lonely Thanksgiving. It's just one lonely Christmas. It's just one lonely Easter. It's just one lonely birthday. It's just canceling one baby shower. It's just one wedding you'll have to miss. It's just not seeing your grandparents this year. It's just depriving them of contact with their loved ones. It's just not being able to lay them to rest. It's just a piece of cloth. It's just a face shield. It's just something medical workers should wear. It's just one thing to cover your face. It's just two things to cover your face. It's just something you should wear in large indoor gatherings. It's just so you can get on an airplane. It's just so you can travel internationally. It's just something you should wear all the time. It's just one stimulus check. 
It's just two stimulus checks. It's just three stimulus checks. It's just an eviction moratorium. It's just another trillion dollars of your tax money. It's just unemployment benefits. It's just so you can keep staying home. It's just a little inflation. It's just one injection. It's just two injections. It's just a few bad reactions. It's just a few side effects. It's just a booster. It's just another booster. It's just updated guidance. It's just until we get the new variant under control. It's just until kids and babies can get it too. It's just a little card. It's just a mandate. It's just another lockdown. It's just a face scan. It's just a curfew. It's just a safety measure. It's just a microchip. It's just so everyone can prove they've gotten it. It's just door-to-door -door enforcement. It's just so we can make sure other people aren't lying. It's just incentives to encourage people to get it. It's just separating those who chose not to get it. It's just removing those people from society altogether. It's just a fact check. It's just a warning label. It's just to fight fake news. It's just suppressing partly false information. It's just censoring disinformation. It's just silencing those conservatives. It's just bad opinions being censored. It's just deplatforming the president. It's just deplatforming his supporters. It's just shadow banning people who question big tech. It's just silencing those who question the narrative. It's just giving up a few of your freedoms. It's just so you can have a bank account. It's just so you can have a job. It's just so you can enter the store. It's just so you can provide for your family. It's just so we don't take your kids away. It's just so we can monitor your health. It's just so we can contact trace. It's just so we can monitor your movements. It's just so you can exist. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. Just stop. The word just has become the most dangerous word in history because they just wanted to see what you would tolerate. But the word just can also end this nightmare. Because if you just open your eyes, if you just realize where this is going, if you just refuse to comply, if you just refuse to conform, if you just refuse to submit, if you just stand up for your rights, if you just organize and push back, if you just refuse to surrender your God-given liberties, if you just stop patronizing those who despise you, if you just demand to be free, if you just refuse to back down, if you just realize your own power, if you just realize we have strength in numbers, if you just realize we are the majority, their power will just disappear. That guy's my new hero. Hey, uh, if you're listening Saturday morning, you still have time to get to the book signing, 6710 Brockton Avenue, Bullseye Sports. Uh, come on out and meet me, get your book, and I'll sign it. We'll take some pictures and have some barbecue. Uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 10126588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.